Brunch culture. We want to talk about faith. We want to talk about um, politics. We want to talk about race. We want to talk about pop culture. Literally, everything, 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 everything is up for discussion, and that's what brunch culture is about. It's about a thing. Brunch culture. Brunch culture. What's up, world? We're going to dive right into this week's scroll. Um, This week on the scroll, we have um, some pretty sad news. We had two shootings on Friday um, in Arizona and Texas, um, school shootings. And our thoughts and prayers go to the families. This is becoming all too familiar. Um, I just can't imagine being a parent and sending your child off to college and thinking I'm doing all the right things. I'm sending my kids off to school and getting a call that your child has been murdered um, in a place that you thought you were sending them to better themselves. Exactly. And I just can't imagine the families getting that call and thinking they're safe. And then now you have to bury your child um, because of something senseless. And I and the one in Arizona really kind of made me think about our conversation last week. Because there was like a, a heated argument in the dorm um, parking lot and the guy went to his car and got his went in his car and pulled out his gun. And how we said, you know, sometimes in the heat of the moment, you're not thinking. And if you have access to a weapon, you could do something that really could alter their <laughs> alter lives. I mean, you t- you take in a life, you injured lives and now you've ruined your life. All because you got mad and had you not had access to that weapon, you could have just been mad and went home. Or even if you got in a physical altercation, you know, it might not have been as bad as you taking the life of another individual and ruining your life and and altering the lives of several others because there were others injured as well. So it's just like, man, y'all got to be careful. Guns, you know, I understand we want to protect ourselves. That's great. But if you don't have the emotional stability and you will never know how you'll react when you're angry, um, what factors lead into that. And you don't want to do something in a moment that can alter the rest of your life. Exactly. Yeah. So I thought some prayers are with the families. It's, it's tough and it's all too familiar. So in other news. The Million Man March is this week in the DMV, well, D.C. In D.C. D.C. Yes. You know, yeah, I said DMV is. this week. This is on a, a whole nother. I said DMV this week to a man. He said, what's that? I don't speak military talk. Wow. And where is he from? He was in Tampa. Gotcha. He was like, I don't speak military talk. I was like, oh, okay. That's not military talk. But uh, anyway, that's neither here nor there. But since I said DMV, that made me think of that conversation. Most people think Department of Motor Vehicles. I thought that for the longest time. I kept coming up here and people kept saying the DMV. And I'm like, why is the Department of Motor Vehicles such a big thing up here? I don't understand. <laughs> Everybody talks about it. Like, is that like a, it's like a club called Department of Motor Vehicles. Like everybody's always referencing the Department of Motor Vehicles. And I was like, oh, maybe it's because people don't drive. And then I found out that it wasn't actually the Department of Motor Vehicles. It was D.C., Maryland, Virginia. And I was like, oh, that makes a lot more sense now. <laughs> so people are like, welcome to the DMV. 
I'm at the airport, buddy. <laughs> That's a whole other thing. Whole other thing. That has nothing to do with what you started off talking about. I'm sorry for getting you into. I'm sorry for interrupting you. No, it's dope though. Uh, the <laughs> Million Man March, the twentieth uh, anniversary of the Million Man March is today, Saturday, which is incredible. Um, fortunately, I really wish that I was going to be able to make it out there, but I'm kicking it with you guys, and I have some other things that I couldn't get out of, so I won't be there. But I'm excited to see that a number of people are coming from all over. I know my university has. A number of buses that are coming up uh, that are heading this way and I actually have a couple friends that are actually driving like more than 10 hours to get here wow. which I think is, in, is incredible that uh, is. the one thing that did disturb me though was that the Washington Post released a, a, an article about the police, the Capitol Area Police raising their alerts for potential tensions that quote unquote tensions that may arise during the march on Saturday and you know there are a lot of people that are saying that well you know they're just doing it to protect themselves but I kind of feel like it's very obvious like guys this wasn't there wasn't an issue there wasn't a huge issue previously why would there be a, a huge issue now now granted you know somebody has brought up the argument that you know we're in a very Race, racial, racially tense time frame and with so many killings and so many different things happening and being shown on social media, there's an opportunity for there to be uh, some sort of uprising. But the fact that that is on someone's mind, you have no evidence. There's no tipster that said anything. You're really just speculating based on the fact that it's supposed to be you you hear million man and you think it's going to be a million black men in one area. You know, it's just a little it's it's a little bothersome and problematic, but I'm all for you doing what you think you need to do to protect the people and hopefully this raised awareness is this raised alert if you will is looking to protect everybody. And yeah, I don't see a reason for it, but let's try to pull the silver lining out and say, "All right, well, you know, you're just trying to do this to make sure that even the, the those that are here to be a part of the event are being protected. That's what I'm going to go with. Yeah, let's go with that. Let's think yeah. the best. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> even though the reality might be opposite, you know, hope for the best. Speaking of the uh, opposite reality, <laughs> your girl Rihanna thinks that the opposite reality of Rachel Dolezal, who is not black, is a hero. Mm. <laughs> Rihanna said, and uh, I think it was, was it Time Magazine or who was it that she did an article with? I actually read the whole article, which was pretty interesting, just her takes on certain things and kind of her understanding that she's seen as this bad girl that is very like sex driven and has sex with like every dude and all of this other good stuff and she's like that's not my life I'm actually pretty boring I go home and I just want to like lay in the bed and watch TV when I have free time that was kind of interesting to read but hearing her say that she thinks that Rachel Dozal is a hero is a bit of a hero because she wanted to be black 
and she made people understand that it's cool to be black. I, I mean, not that Rihanna's the go-to person to hear anything about social issues or something that's going on. Like, I don't look, I really don't look to Rihanna. This is no shade to Rihanna, but I don't really look to her for anything. Um, but I just thought it was pretty interesting that she made this comment and it was like, not quite sure where you're going. I low-key wish that I had the opportunity to ask her to expound upon what she said. Because I'm like, well, maybe there's something I'm missing. When I saw the headline, I was like, eh, let me go read the article. And I read the article and I'm like, I think I'm missing something. I think she's trying to say something and maybe I'm just missing it from reading. Uh, maybe I was just a little too tired so I didn't get it. So I don't know. Y'all let me know if y'all got something I didn't get. But I think it was a little weird. It's a little awkward. Yeah, I don't know where she's going with that. Um, speaking of people, we don't know where they're going with anything. Richard Murdoch um, decided to say that if Ben Carson won, he would in fact be the real, the first real black president. Um, I thought when I heard this, he was suggesting that President Obama, because he's mixed his his father's uh black and his mother's white that that's where he was going but he was because he feels like president obama hasn't done anything for the african-american community and mm, i don't i don't i that's really hard i think he's doing something i don't think he's done as much as he we expected him to do but he has done some things I would have liked personally to see more done. But I'm I'm not sure that Ben Carson is going to be the person to be the hero to the African-Americans. Um, I just don't see that. Um, I'm not a anybody who listens to the show knows that I'm definitely not pro Ben Carson. I respect him as a as a physician. And I think he's a, a good man. And I love the fact that he's a bold Christian. But. As a politician, I wouldn't vote for him. So, um, yeah, I don't, I definitely don't see Ben Carson as a savior for the African Americans or that he will do a lot for the African American community. So here's the thing about Rupert Murdoch that just kind of gets me, uh, is the fact, number one, I just don't know who gave you the license or the go ahead to say like, hey, you're the guy that we want to go to that's going to tell us what it means to be really black and have a real black president in there. But the fun, the thing that's interesting about what he said was uh, his tweet was like, what about a real president, a real black president who can properly address the racial divide and much else? So the thing that pisses me off about this is that here's a clear example of how people think that just because you have a black president that all of the racial tension and everything that that's going on in the world and the country uh, racially, everything that's going on in the country racially is going to be fixed because there's a black president in office. Like, it, I think I, I don't know. Guys, the, the first thing, and here's, here's one thing I had to reconcile, and I think people have to reconcile in general with any critique that you have of President Obama, is that he's the president of the United States of America, not the president of black people, which means that he had he cannot come in with an agenda that 
only specifically addresses black issues. Has the president done things to address black issues? Absolutely. Right. But here's the thing that I realized from my work with the administration was that there is no such thing as him acting and moving along. The presidency is not a dictatorship. The presidency is not something that he can just say, hey, look, I'm just going to do this. One of the things that President uh, Obama's response to Trayvon Martin taught me and showed me was that this man cannot comment specifically on black issues. When he does, he is drug through the mud by conservative media, by conservatives in general, by the, the people at large. Any and everything that he says is going to be scrutinized. He said he commented about Trayvon Martin. He was very candid about how that could have been him and that could have been his son. And conservative media drug him. He's race baiting. He's causing issues. So it's like when we make comments and say, oh, well, is he going to be a real black president that's really going to address the racial divide? Honestly, he can't <laughs> because when he does say something or does make a move, you guys aren't happy, aren't satisfied. As the black president, he can't even speak openly about black issues without you saying he's race baiting and he's making it a, a thing about a, about race. So Rupert Murdoch in this dumb behind tweet, it just it, it doesn't make sense. And I don't know. It, I, I think it just shows the flaw and how disconnected from the black community he really is, because trust you me, I know some people that have no ideas about politics, but if I show you Ben Carson and I just let you hear what he had to say for five minutes, the five minutes he did talk in the Republican debates, you'd be like, yeah, he ain't. He again is my skin folk, but he not my kin folk. (laughs) (laughs) This is not not something that like, no, he's not here for us. So, if that's what you believe is a real black person and if for anybody that thinks that there's a here's what it means to be a real black person and being Carson is that definition. I think it's stupid and I'm not going to go on too much of a rant, but this whole idea of what makes a real black person is a whole other conversation that we can have. We're not going to go there today. I'm just we're going to move. We're going to move forward. You know, it's just I. I don't even know what to say. Cosmopolitan magazine in the most disrespectful argue I So Cosmopolitan Cosmopolitan magazine, I can't even talk this how frustrated it got me. Named there's a on the cover is the Kardashian family. Um the Kardashian Jenner family. Sorry, it's uh Chris and Kim and the, the three older girls and the two younger girls. And the headline for the for the article says, I mean, for the, the front cover says America's first family. America's first family. I just for anybody that purchased this magazine, for anybody that supports this magazine after this, for anyone that's not offended by this. I take issue with, I have a problem. They could have said America's first family of reality. They could have said America's first family of a come up, America's first family of plastic surgery, of makeup, of 
America's first family. Now, as far as I know, there's only one first family. That first family lives in the White House. A major magazine, a major media outlet should not, would not, and to my knowledge and my, my life experience, has not referred to anybody but America's first family as America's first family. When I saw it, I was like, this is so disrespectful. This is blatant disrespect and the fact that you guys would print this put this on the cover and again there's so many ways that you can say i get that so many people love the kardashians so many people follow them but you could have called them america's first family again of reality television or america's pop culture first family a first family of pop culture what have you you refer to them as america's first family i just yeah it just blows my mind literally blows my mind yeah i just i keep scratching my head on how they got so famous i mean i understand that their mom is a a marketing machine and genius but i'm just like people really i why are y'all so interested in them I, I don't get it. I've seen the show before and it doesn't. Maybe because I just think it's stupid. That's why I feel like other people should think it's stupid too. But um, yeah. So. Um, don't buy Cosmopolitan. <laughs> yes. Boycott them. Tell them brunch culture said it. <laughs> Does, do um, black people buy Cosmo? I don't know, but nobody don't need to buy it. <laughs> I won't be buying it. Um, so now we're gonna get into our main dish. Our main dish. Yeah, feel it. Um, that's fine. When I get my Grammy, don't. You need a Grammy for comedy, though. No, for singing. Okay. Yeah. I'm following them all. Let's take a break before we start our main dish. <laughs> so this week, you know, there has been some interesting stuff happening with people who um have been cheated on. Um, I think uh, Victor Cruz story to me is his fiance Elena Watley. Uh, just the fact that she would go through such great lengths to quote unquote read these side chicks at one time um, I thought was pretty funny. Um, she is somebody coined the name side chick wrangler for her um, so she sends a text message this is a text message she decides to send to all of his side chicks she says alright so she sends a mass text and says, hello ladies this is Elena Victor's, Victor Cruz's fiance you, know, you all know about me and I seem to be the topic of the conversations and all y'all conversations with Vic and all of them 
I'm sure he's told you many of things about us and how we don't exist. But given the fact that you all meet him in hotel rooms only, we all know that's a lie. Just as he tells me you all are whores and mean nothing to him. I figured since you all know about me, then I should introduce each of you to one another so we can all get to know who we have been all so we can all know who we have all been effing for the past several months so ladies meet each other meet one another um and feel free to exchange notes with a little emoji she felt so empowered after sending that she felt like (laughs) she just she put it to him (laughs) unfortunately not knowing that none of these chicks are probably ever vying to be his main chick they don't want to be his fiance they don't even believe that he should have a fiance they know what it's about. They know what they're doing. It, I, I just kind of feel like that was a waste of her time. But she thought she did something, yo. But my thing is, I can imagine her when she hit that sand button, like feeling like, like you said, empowered. Like she, like I'm on top of the world. I told them, and it's just like I don't understand why women do this. There's a common denominator in this whole situation. Victor Cruz. Not these ladies. They're not they're not the problem. He is. Because even if you exchange they exchange numbers, he could find somebody else. He's an athlete. He's on the road. I mean, these women in this chat aren't the only women. They're probably the only women you you you've got their numbers, but there's probably more. And you like he's the we're the topic of his conversation. What? I don't think they're talking about you. I think they're probably just smashing um, during this time. But I mean, who am I? I don't know. I wasn't there. Um, But so this brings us to an interesting conversation about cheaters. How, How do you how should we respond to cheaters? I mean, I've been cheated on before and mine was a little extreme case. Um, I won't go into that story, but, um, yeah, it didn't feel good. And it was devastating when I found out, but I did not go to the women that were involved. I really just blamed the person that I was in relationship with. So I think that, you know, that's the, to me, the most logical decision, but that's not the decision people seem to make a lot of women go and start going off on a woman and popping off on them as if they're the ones who were in the relationship with them um yeah it seems like you should go to the person that you're in relationship with not the person who you're not in a relationship with to discuss the fact that the person you're in a relationship with is cheating on you because that's logical i think that the problem is that when people are cheated on and i'll say when women are cheated on because i was raised in a home with women and <laughs> I have a sister that used to be a little a little interesting when it came to cheetahs and she would talk about and her and her friends would uh do some very interesting things to dudes that they found out dirt on and they would just like ride for each other and it was real, real interesting. Um but I think the thing that happens is that when somebody is hurt, all logic leaves the it it leaves the room and it's not about you know what makes sense it's about me getting even it's about me making you feel how i felt 
which, you know, I feel like that creates the dangerous situation. But what I will say, though, is like, if you compare it to Victor Cruz's fiance, Chick's like, I really felt like she felt that she got power over the situation in doing that. I'm going to send out this text message and you know what? They probably think that they the only other woman or this girl, these chicks think that they the only ones. So I'm going to let them introduce, I'm going to put them in a group and send out a mass message so they can like find out about each other and be disappointed. Honestly, not knowing that all these chicks know what's up, I'm quite sure. They know that you are the main or the fiance and I'm it doesn't take a rocket scientist for them to realize, well, if I'm just, you know, on the side, he might have another side. Like, I'm here for one thing, whatever that is, and I'm getting that one thing, and I'm good. Like, I'm chilling. I'm not even tripping on you. But you just decided that you was going to send this message to, like, dig in on these women. And this, the saddest thing is they probably just laughed and was like, you know, it is what it is. But I feel like, you know, she had somebody to help her. I don't even want to say thing logically, but just realize that you weren't doing that by sending that message. You probably wouldn't send it because yeah, it just didn't make sense. Yeah, but women aren't the only people did that because Matt Barnes this week drove 95 miles to beat up Derek Fisher. Uh, you got to be pretty angry to 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 maintain that level of anger for 95 miles. Matt Barnes also let people do he led people to believe that he was dating Rihanna. Rihanna was like, I never even met him before in my life. And that was just like earlier last, this, I mean, last month. So I'm not sure if he's the best example. But <laughs> I mean, you gotta say, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta yeah. stay angry for 95 miles, yo. Well, I guess that's like, that's not, that's it's an not hour. It's, it's not stable. Like, Rihanna claimed everybody, bruh. Like, anybody that, she sees what she like comment I and mean, she's seen what she comments on you led people to believe that you were actually dating her and she's like bro i don't even know who you are like i don't have your number maybe we're at the same enough. event together yeah like rihanna shared you and you she you kind of not already there like you don't even got a girl that's gonna acknowledge you and then you come in to beat this man to jump on this to jump on this dude which mm, i mean it's something to be said about the fact that y'all were teammates at once at some point in time you guys it was like 2010 2012 you guys were teammates apparently people say y'all were close this dude knows that this is your ex-wife that for, you might not even be over so that's kind of trifling like you know that ain't right that, but i say that kind of because we don't know what the extent of their relationship was on a personal level where they really like, you know, we homies, we kick it. Uh, I don't know, you know, whatever. It, it is what it is. But, dude, you, this your ex-wife or this is your wife that y'all not even together no more. I kind of feel like as messed up as it is, you making yourself look like a fool, man. Because it's not like you're going to come there you gonna let him wear one and then she can be like oh my night and shine oh my no she can be like you crazy get out because she doing what she want to do and so i don't know it just well it might have been excited because his kids caught them him and told him that Derek fisher was there um maybe it was more about the children i don't know but it's just like this whole thing that and that's why we don't need guns 
um, just lying around because things like this happen. You get angry at the heat of the moment, like somebody cheating on you, and you take them out. You got to tell your party that because your party is the one that don't understand that. You know. <laughs> well, I'm not saying get rid of all the guns, but yeah, I mean, no, I don't think nobody has ever said get rid of all the guns. I think that's what your party make it out to be when somebody says, you know, we need to gun reform. We really need to consider how. People can get guns. Everybody, no, we got to keep our guns. We have a constitutional right. Nobody said you didn't have a constitutional right. Nobody said we want to take away all your guns. We really just said we need to assess how people get them because, you know, we got all these folks dying. But that's a whole other story. Yeah. You know, crime of passion. Did you see uh, How to Get Away with Murder last night? They talked about how. see How to Get Away with Murder. Oh, let me not spoil it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it would have. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I'm (laughs) a. I'm not going to spoil it for you. So I'm I'm going to be quiet. But I mean, this whole idea of, you know, cheating is, I mean, is it ever okay to cheat? You think, Randall? Um, so in this age and stage of life, I'll say no. There is, it's never okay to cheat. Um, and I only say that because you're an adult. You have adult, you, when you have two adults, my uncle would always ask me, he was like, who are you afraid of? Okay, like, you know, my mom and my dad. He's like, all right, those are the only people that you need to lie to. You only lie to people if you're afraid of them. If you're not afraid of somebody, then you don't lie to them. It makes absolutely no sense for you to be lying to somebody if you're not afraid of them or the repercussions of what can come out of it. If you're not afraid of somebody, don't lie to them. Um, and then if you are afraid of that person, then you need to reconcile what you need to do so that you don't have to lie to them because it just don't make sense. As an adult, Nobody controls you. If you want to go do something, be up, open and honest. Like, look, I'm not feeling this. I'm bored. You know, I just want to. I'm not in that state, that stage right now. Here's some things that I want to do. Just be honest about where you're at and just don't lie to people. You know, it, it, it just it doesn't make any sense for me. So I'll say no. There isn't a time. I don't believe now at this stage and phase in life. That there's not. I do kind of think, and I'm not saying that is right to cheat on someone, but I think when you're younger, it's a little bit more justified. I feel like what a lot of times we try to do when we're younger is to have to show stability. So we get in these relationships because other people in relationships, that's what you're supposed to do, yada, yada, yada. And so you get in a relationship to, quote unquote, be stable and you don't really know you haven't experienced enough. And so you go out and you want to do something or somebody else has done something. Your boyfriend or girlfriend is cheating on you. And so you in turn are feel like, okay, well, let me go do it too. I'm not saying it's right, but it makes sense that one would do it when you're young and inexperienced and like, you know, you ain't got a lot of stuff going on. So you're trying to figure it out. I can understand that. But at this stage in life, it makes no sense. Yeah, and I yeah I I never condone cheating. Um, I think that when you're younger, like you said, sometimes there's the f- pressure there, and as adult, I think the older you get, there's the pressure there to be in a relationship, and people just jump into one and really don't want the responsibility to be in one. Um, and I think it comes with the maturity to realize I'm not ready for monogamy at this time. Um. 
And this is why I'm always telling people to stop listening to what folks telling you. And you're like, oh, you're such and such age. You need to be married. You're this age. Why you ain't married? When you're going to get married? When you're going to settle down? Honestly, it's great. It makes sense. Like, you know, stability is good. Being having one person to come home is good. It's all those things are great. But if you are not ready for it, screw what everybody else telling you and what everybody else asking you. Do what you need to do or what you feel is right for that time because that's when you get cheaters. When you get somebody that feels like they have to be in a certain situation for a social status or so that people can stop questioning them, you do things just to satisfy other people and then get in that and then you end up jacking somebody else's life up because you realize that you're not ready. It don't make sense. Yeah. And two, I think, you know, one of the reasons people stay in relationships or cheat is because they feel they feel trapped like they don't want to hurt the other person and they can't talk about what the real issues are or they can't talk to the person about real things that they feel are wrong in the relationship um i'm dr wesley which is alpha street pastor always says you have to be so cautious of relationships where you cannot be honest if you can't tell the truth about how you feel what happened what really happened that's a relationship that's headed for disaster if we can't have open and honest conversation then either you're going to end up cheating or the relationship is going to slowly deteriorate um because you know that if you can't be honest about how you feel usually you find someone else and you start talking to them and you feel like that's an outlet and that leads to you cheating whether emotionally or physically and you know so you know these are things you have to consider like if you can't communicate with the person if you can't tell them hard truths if y'all can't talk about things that are going on or if you are not ready for a relationship or even able to tell them hey you know what I don't think this is what I want I thought it was what I wanted when I got in it but we like eight months um eight to ten months in and i'm not really feeling it if you're not if you can't be honest about that then you're gonna be miserable and oftentimes that's what happens and so then you have folks that cheat and honestly though that that, that really is i just think there there are people that cheat for the hell of it (laughs) and it's it's one of those things that i think there's a a personal responsibility to say you know what i'm just not ready for commitment but aren't those people just scum they just cheat just because uh you know what i've i've learned and life has taught me that i don't think that a lot of people plan to cheat i don't think cheating is something that is planned I think it comes out of a number of factors and I think that's why you have to be consistently honest with yourself um, and consistently honest with the person that you're with about what's happening what you're thinking about what you're feeling Um, because cheating can come from the standpoint of you know what we got into this argument and I have someone at work that is a great listener we hang out, we might work near each other, we may be working on a project together, and so we have to spend all this additional time, and they're great to talk to, and they just kind of make me feel good, or what have you, you know what I'm saying? I feel like those type of small factors pop in, and 
people find themselves doing something or being open to something, thinking only of the moment and not being able to see everything that led up to it. So I don't think everybody that cheats that kind of just like gets into cheating or likes it, if you will. I don't think they're all scum. I think that there's always some things that have led them there that they probably just didn't pick up on or notice before. Yeah. I mean, when I say they're scum, I'm talking about like habitual cheaters. Like, I think that cheating could be, you know, those factors that we mentioned. I think like, like you were saying, cheating could be just a, a accident. I mean, well, I'm not saying it's an accident now because <laughs> you know what you did. But I think <laughs> well, I mean, but I guess it kind of it, it warms you up too. Like you've kind of positioned yourself to to do something simply off of you. You know what? Like I've been kind of placed in this environment, and there have been a lot of things that have been happening that I that have gone gone like unnoticed or untalked about, them or like we haven't addressed it. So I'm still trying to keep it all together. And at some moment, I just kind of like fall or it crumbles. Yeah. But I think, too, this our social media era we live in, I think it makes cheating a little bit more accessible to us. So it's easier to cheat now than it was before Um, because you can just slide into somebody DMs and we have more access to it now because it's like if you get an argument with your boo. But and then somebody five minutes later randomly hit you up or you scrolling and you mad and so you scrolling, you're like, oh, that's what that look nice. And then you slide in somebody DM um, versus if back in, you know, before Facebook and social media, if you got mad at your boo, y- you kind of just either went home. If y'all was at the same place, y'all was at the same place. But you didn't have access to. I guess you could call somebody, but it wasn't I like nah, I don't think readily I don't think available. It's no easier now than it was back in the day. If you want something, you, you think about it, people don't exist in a vacuum. People don't exist in this space where like I get mad and so I got to go be by myself. When you get mad, you're going out somewhere. You're going out to a club. You're going out to a happy hour. You're going out to a bar. You're at work. You're around. You're going to some event. Like people are social. And I, I would even tread lightly enough to say people will probably, it would make sense for people to be a lot more social and on scenes, on social scenes back in the day because you didn't have a computer or a way to stay connected to people. So honestly, the way that you got out and and knew people were to go to events. So if you were upset with the person that you're with or your boo or whatever, I don't know, you're probably going to hang out later on the night. Like it's open exposure everywhere. I don't. Yeah. But what is cheating then? Like what? What would you define as cheating if you were dating someone? I think that cheating, number one, I think it's it's different things for different people. I know some people that think like flirting, certain type of flirting is cheating. And I'm just kind of like, eh, you know, whatever it is, what it is. Um, I know some people that believe cheating is strictly physical. Um, I, I think that it's it's not something that one person can define and it be that for everybody. I mean, heck, there are people that have like open relationships and open marriages and to them cheating is if you have unprotected sex with somebody, but as long as protected, it's not a problem. Like 
I just, yeah, I think it just depends on the two people that are in a relationship together. Whatever y'all define it as, that's between y'all. Yeah, people have varying. That's one of the topics in how to get away with murder, but we're not going to open um, open relationships. Um, so check out how to get away with murder. They talk about it. Talk about it. You keep telling me about this show. <laughs> Last time you spoiled it for me, I was like, oh, the big surprise. I already know what it is. I didn't spoil anything. Yes, you did. What did I tell you? You told me that, what did you say? There's a lesbian scene. There is um, Annalise. You were just like making all these references. And when I watched it, I was like, uh, I mean, it's no surprise anymore. Like, I'm sorry. I mean, the surprise to me, Jean Grey was in it. <laughs> <laughs> and then they were together. I still, that still caught me off guard. But she gone now. Uh, yeah, she left the other show because I was. There you go. I didn't surprise. No, it's, I didn't spoil Lisa, it because that was the end of the. So as we were talking about cheaters, so <laughs> what's an appropriate way to respond when you've been cheated on? Hit us up hashtag chat bc and let us know some ways that you've responded to being cheated on or have you been a cheater and what are some ways people responded to you on like you got any flat tires or busted out windows or bleach clothes or burnt up clothes or uh who's that what was that the movie um waiting to tell where she burned up the car with all the clothes like what have you done share it with us let's talk about it yep and now it's time for our toast roast. So I'll kick this off, and he about to drop a bomb on y'all, y'all. As brief as possible. I honestly don't even have the energy to go here with these people. We gonna do it just because. So if you haven't been on social media. Uh, you probably missed, if you have, you didn't, that Raven Simone yet again has become the topic of discussion for Twitter. Raven Simone, on her show, The View, makes a comment. They start, they kick off with this video. The video says the top 10 most ghetto names, right? And so it's these guys that are saying all of these different names. All of these names are very, very stereotypical to black people. One of the names was like Watermillandra. The other one was like, um, cool, was it King Kong something? Another one is like fried chicken something. Another one is, uh, Africana something. Like all of these things that are making references to either black stereotypes or black people or uh, something to do with black culture and you know the whole idea in general one can just say that the, the whole, whole fact that you're saying ghetto names who has ghetto names we don't say that an Anglo-Saxon girl or guy has a ghetto name we really only pin ghetto names to black people um, if a person Person, an Asian person that comes with a very difficult name that has a bunch of letters, we don't say that their name is ghetto. We say that, oh, you know, it comes from your culture. Whoopi Goldberg, 
whose name is Whoopi Goldberg, is saying it laughing and like it's a funny thing that, oh, this is funny. We should be posting this. Ha ha ha. Kiki kiki kiki. Anyway, flash forward. Raven Simone says she won't hire. She corrects Whoopi Goldberg and say, let's not say racist. Let's say, uh, she didn't say prejudice. What did she say? Discriminatory. Discriminatory because I won't hire a person whose name is Walla Milliandria or any of those names that they're mentioning. I won't hire that person. Now, your name is Raven hyphen Simone. The way that you spell Simone is not even the common way to spell the name Simone. Again, your name is Raven hyphen Simone. (laughs) You're black you're gay, you're a woman, and you're on stage with a red hairpiece on. But you won't hire somebody whose name is Watermelon Andrea, but your name is Raven hyphen Simone. Is it simply because they didn't put the watermelon and then hyphen Andrea? Would that make you feel, oh, their name is like my name. It's hyphenated. Like, There's so many reasons one could go in on Raven Simone, and I really do try to give this girl a chance. But she says stuff that's like, honestly, yo, you I don't even think that you're thinking about it. And here's the thing. One of the things that frustrates me so much is that she'll be the first person that will say, you know, you can't judge me when it comes to my sexual preference. I was born this way. I didn't ask to be this way. This was a gift. And all of these things, this was something that was out of my control. A person's name is something that honestly is t- typically out of their control. You can't control what your parents name you. Because of that, because we're dealing with two things that are out of your control, as somebody that has been discriminated against or people have shunned you or have called you names or looked at you differently or you had to live in a closet for X number of years in your life because people wouldn't accept you. Here you have a situation where somebody has a name, even if it is Watermelon Andrea, that they probably had no say so in. And you think that it's funny to get on national television to use your platform to say, ha 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 ha, I wouldn't hire somebody with that name. And that's saying to the people that don't understand those names, oh yeah, look, I won't I won't hire them. So it's okay for you not to hire them either. Whoopi Goldberg. Again, your name is Whoopi. Now, Whoopi Goldberg <laughs> did, you know, if, if like a look to the side, like she, she kind of gasped. And then she, she said, you know, at the end of the conversation that my name is Whoopi spelled W-H-O-O-P-I. But there were so many ways that she could have gone in <laughs> to correct Raven Simone or to correct the entire panel because the other chick, I forget her name, but she started saying like, I feel like I would make a good hookamonga, whatever the name is that they said in the video. And it was a joking way. And I'm like, so the thing that's most offensive is that everything that they said in this video has been directed to some, again, something that's tied to black people. And you guys don't have a problem. Nobody is saying, you know what? We're not going to play this video. I'm sure it's got 
14 billion million hits on YouTube, but I'm not playing this on my platform. Or if you guys play it, I'm not commenting on it. Or if we have to play it and somebody comments on it, then I'm going to correct you guys because the problem is the, the, the issue that they were talking about or the article, the study that came up said that we as Americans discriminate against people based on the, the, their names. So you read a person's name and you automatically form this opinion or perception about who they are based on a name, which is something that they probably did not have a say in. And so you have things that where it's like, oh, well, and the last name they said was Courtney. Again, it's just it, it frustrates me because you have people and I only you know what I was going to say I won't even go in on Whoopi Goldberg is but it's her too because she sat there and allowed it like yes she gasped for air but on things that she's extremely passionate about when she wants something to be corrected she corrects it on the spot like I'm going to let you know that this isn't right you can't say this you shouldn't do this and the fact that she started off introducing this video laughing and then Raven Simone thinks that it's okay and it's funny it's like yo this is why you really again I say it I say I'm saying it again like you my skin folk but you not my kin folk like <laughs> you want to utilize and I, I take issues with people with this all the time when something is done against you you want everybody to be considerate you want people to say oh well that's so wrong and to rally up and to support you when somebody is commenting on your differences but when you get in the seat and you get some money or you get a platform or people start to look at you and say that oh you're different you look at another group of people and say oh well <laughs> i'm not gonna do that because i don't fit that mold like what the heck it, it, it's it's <laughs> I want to curse, but I'm not going to curse. But I really want to curse these people slap out, <laughs> particularly Raven Simone, because it's like, yo, what don't you get? You probably need to hire Water Milliandria so she can teach you that Africa is a continent, not a country. Maybe you'll understand a little bit more if you got somebody that, that would be over there that has a difficult name, but learned at a very early age how to sound out and how to actually read so she can know truly where she is and who she is and teach your dumb behind because you don't know like it's just I'm like people are always like oh well minorities need to stick together and you know we need to do this yes these are things that happen like there are things that affect minorities all together but here you have a person that is a part of three different minority groups three she's black She's a woman and she's gay. Three major minority groups. And she looks at someone else that probably only fits one of them and says that because your name is Watermiliandria, that your mom named you, that you had nothing to do with, I won't hire you. And I think that that's funny. But if somebody doesn't hire me because I'm a black, I'm black or because I'm a woman or because I'm gay, trust and believe there's going to be a problem. You're going to hit my mouth. But I won't hire you because of what your name is. Come on, man. Get out of here. Yeah. It's when you sent it to me, I was just like, Raven, please. Somebody shut her up. Shut up. <laughs> I wouldn't have expected this from her. She was little Cosby, the Cosby girl. And she has really, she has really changed. Um, I mean, 
and I'm I remember her from Nassau Raven. So from her to go like you remember people like when you saw them last. So it's like she went from Nassau Raven to this just very opinionated um person that had some very ignorant ideologies. Yeah, I want you to be opinionated. I love your opinion. Make some sense out of your opinion. <laughs> like it's 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 bad when you're uninformed Raven and ignorant. And opinionated. Watermelon Andrea. Throw a hyphen in there, you may have a chance. Come on, man. <laughs> like, get out of here, yo. So, I, I want to toast to the creators of the nap desk. Um, I think I sent it to you on Twitter, but you know, Randall, I send you all forms of communication. So I don't think you got this because you didn't say anything about it. <laughs> Someone has invented a nap desk. It has like it it comes out and it, it's like a bed at the bottom of the desk. So you can actually take a nap during your break at work. It's called the nap desk. And I thought it was cool because they show like this woman. It like the little lever on the side pulls out. So it's like a, a, a ele, um, an elevated headboard. So you can rest your head. It has like a pillow. And it has a little TV in it. I was like. Dope. Sounds a little unsanitary. You got a bunch of people sleeping in the desk. But sounds cool. Yeah. And hopefully you have your own desk. You know. And nobody's sharing it with you. Um, so you can kind of just keep it clean. And make sure you know. Everything stays. I don't think I can sleep there. If I know other people slept there. <laughs> um, but. Um, yeah. Yeah. Shout out to the creators of NapDesk. Hopefully, they could get this in offices all across the U.S. Um, but I mean, that kid, people will start snoring. You know, snoring. You you try if you if you work in a call center, I can see how that might be problematic. Um, you know, or if you don't, it's it's just if you have to hear your your coworker snore, that could go bad. You might somebody might sl- slap him or him or her. Be like, wake your mind up. You go oversleep. I mean, it's so many things that could go wrong. But if you have your own office, you know, this could be great for you. So, um, but if you work in a cubicle open space, it might might not be the best day. But um, yeah, so we're gonna leave you guys with our good vibe. Today's good vibe is much of our stress doesn't come from having too much to do. It comes from not finishing what we started. And that's from Chick-fil-A founder Dan Cathy. Uh God rest his soul. Great, great man. Extremely true, though. I feel like that's kind of like one of the hardest things to do now is to get something. I was just telling my friend about. I was like, "Yo, I have like four books that are in progress. That literally, I read like the first three chapters and be like, oh, this is going on. This is going on.' So I'm like, now, you know what? I'm gonna be dedicated. I'm gonna get through these before I start something else because sometimes it is the hardest thing to do is to like." finish out one thing because you have so much on your plate that you want to do and it's yeah it don't work out so finish what you start guys well as always we appreciate you guys checking out brunch culture you can check us out on our website at www.brunchculturebc.com check us out on twitter at brunch culture and on instagram at brunch underscore culture we love hearing from you guys you guys can again send us uh your questions questions that you want us to answer topics that you want us to discuss on the show, send it to us at Brunch Culture. Is it at Brunch Culture? No, I'm sorry. No, I keep saying at Brunch Culture. 
brunchculture at gmail.com. Ooh, I don't know where my brain is. Um, but send us your questions and comments there. It's Let's brunchculturebc at gmail.com. That, there you go. Follow Lisa. She, her brain is working right. Brunchculturebc <laughs> at gmail.com. Again, we thank you guys for, for checking us out. And remember here at Brunch Culture, everything is up for discussion.